So let me welcome you again to this fellowship tonight. Sorry for the delay, the issues with technology, but we thank God for his goodness and for his love. Karibuni sana, I want us to pray. Father, in Jesus' name, we commit this meeting and our time together into your able hands. This is our prayer tonight, that Lord, you would minister grace to us, that Lord, you will speak to us this night, that Lord, you will lay your word bare before us, O God, and allow us to hear your word and hear it with clarity, hear it with precision, hear it with power, that Lord, it will do that which you have sent it to do to us tonight. We bless you, Father, and we thank you, for we pray this in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Now, um, tonight I want us to keep talking about our topic, and the topic that we have been dealing with is, or the subject that we've been dealing with, is the subject of natural versus spiritual reality. Natural versus spiritual reality. Now, our meeting tonight will, or the topic tonight, will be very, very closely related to what we had on Sunday with uh, our visitor, Apostle Kato, but I will try and keep to the line that we have always been talking about, and that is spiritual versus natural identity. Vis spiritual versus natural identity. So, we will read from the book of 1 Corinthians, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, and we will read from verse 45 to verse number 49. Second Corinthians, the book of Second Corinthians chapter 15, verse 45. The Bible says, And so it is written, The first man, Adam, became a living being. The last Adam became a life-giving spirit. However, the spiritual is not first, but the natural, and afterward, the spiritual. The first man was of the earth, made of dust. The second man is the, is the Lord from heaven. And as was the man of dust, so also are those who are made of dust. And as is the heavenly man, so are those who are heavenly. And as we have born in the image of the, of the man of dust, we shall also bear the image of the heavenly man. Let me repeat. And so it is written, the first man, Adam, became a living being. The last, Adam, became a life-giving spirit. However, the spiritual is not first, but the natural. And afterward, the spiritual. The first man was of the earth, made of dust. The second man is of the Lord, made or coming from heaven. And as was the man of dust, so are also who are made of dust. And as is the heavenly man, so are those who are heavenly. So we're talking about physical or natural versus spiritual identity. And from the scripture that we have read, the Bible is clear that the natural identity that we are talking about is the identity that is inherited from Adam, whereas the spiritual identity is that which comes from Christ. Now, from Adam, 
the Bible says that he was earthly. He was flesh. He was from the earth. He, he had natural reality. But Christ was from heaven and was spiritual. And out of these two men, we have an identity or we receive identity. And depending on the identity you take, you will have a different destiny. Let me repeat. Depending on the identity that you assume, the identity that you take, you will have a different outcome or different result. Now, the Bible says that Adam was earthly. He was natural. And Jesus was spiritual. Now, from the scripture we have read, the Bible is telling us that that natural identity was the first one. And it is the first state of humanity. It's the first identity that we all have. The identity of Adam. And if I say so, someone may feel discouraged and hopeless. Because when you read about this identity, especially in the book of Romans chapter 5, you read that this identity leads to death. It does not give life. There is no hope for the man who assumes this identity, which is the identity of the flesh. But those who have the spiritual identity, which is our identity in Christ, we have hope because Christ gives life. Now, even though Adam's identity, the natural identity, is the first state is the first identity it is not the final one the bible says the natural one first and then the spiritual one we all start with the natural identity why we are born of adam we are born of that first man adam and therefore we are born with that identity but that is not our final identity the bible says the natural first and then the spiritual. When we are born again, an exchange occurs and we assume a different identity where we put off the old nature and put on a new nature in accordance to Colossians chapter 3 verse number 9 to verse 10. Our identity changes. Why? Because we put off and the imagery that is used here is that which um, talks about, it's like clothing, it's apparel. It says that we put off the old identity and we put on a new identity. You see, if you saw me in a blue jacket and you did not know me, you would describe me as the man with the blue jacket. But if I come and change and put on a red t-shirt, my identity changes, and I become now the person with the red t-shirt. Why? Because I have put off something so that I can put on another. The Bible is telling us that when we come to Christ, we put off the old man. We put off the old nature. We put off the natural identity. 
And as a result of putting off that natural identity, the Bible says that the old things go, the old things disappear, and everything becomes new. We assume a new identity. And this identity that we assume is the identity of Christ, is the spiritual identity. We, 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 we identify ourselves as spiritual men and women, spiritual people, led of the Spirit of God, born of the Spirit of God, capable of inheriting the things of God. For the Bible says that you cannot inherit the kingdom of God. You cannot enter into the kingdom of God unless you are born again of the Spirit. You are born again not of the will of the flesh that is Adam. Once you discard that identity, once you discard that nature, which is the nature of Adam, which is the natural nature, you give yourself certain abilities because now you have a new identity. Now, what are the differences between those two identities? What are the differences between these two identities? Number one, Adam's identity is sin conscious. Because the Bible says that sin came into the world through Adam. Christ's identity gives us a righteousness consciousness or we become conscious of righteousness and this is not our righteousness by the way this is the righteousness of god now the adamic nature is sin conscious we are conscious of our sin and because we are conscious of our sin we behave exactly the same way adam behaved when he became conscious of his sin. How did Adam behave when he became sin conscious? The Bible says in the book of Genesis chapter 3 that after Adam was persuaded through Eve to take on or to take the fruit, the Bible says when they had God in the garden, the Bible says Adam ran and hid himself. And when God called and said, Adam, where are you? Adam began to, began to explain what had happened. And these are the words that Adam uses. He says, I heard your voice in the garden. Now, when I heard your voice in the garden, I was afraid. Now, the Adamic nature responds to God out of fear. All with fear. He says, when I heard your voice, I was afraid. That is the Adamic nature. Because of the sin consciousness, because of the consciousness of our weakness and our, our, our wickedness, whenever we interact with God, we do it out of a place of fear and not faith. But when we are in Christ, we are no longer ruled by fear. Because our nature has changed. Our identity has changed. We are not enemies of God. We are friends of God. And therefore we can respond to God. Not with fear, but with faith. But when Adam's identity is what we are wearing. If we have not put on the new man, which is Christ. If we still have the old identity of Adam. 
and doesn't matter whether you are in church or whatever just because you have that identity you are sin conscious the only way you can respond to god is through fear it is interesting that as a result of this nature which is the nature of adam people respond to god only when a message of fear has been preached or fear has been instilled in them you tell them to get saved so that all can be well with them and that they can enjoy life in abundance and eternity they will not respond but the minute you tell them they will go to hell out of fear they will respond why because that is the adamic nature unfortunately even when we come to christ when we come we become believers many people don't put off that nature the nature of adam that identity that is sin conscious we still respond to god through fear and if there is no fear instilled in us we can never respond to god i have watched in church time and time again that when people are being pushed to do something unless and until you tell them something that instills fears to in them they will not respond if you want them to pray tell them something that instills fear they will pray tell them let us pray because if we don't pray this and this will happen to us and we shall be finished then people will pray tell them give if you don't tell them that they will be cast if they don't give they will not respond why because of adamic nature ladies and gentlemen we are called upon to walk in our new nature that our response to god should not be out of fear we don't get saved because of fear we don't do things in God because of fear. We don't go to church because of fear. We don't give because of fear. Why? Because we are not ruled by the Adamic nature, which is the nature of fear, or which responds to God through fear. Christ responds through love, or the identity of Christ will respond to God out of a place of love. Now, the other thing that Adam did is that he hides from God. He withdraws from God. He does not want intimacy with God. That is Adamic nature. That is the natural identity. It does not enjoy intimacy with God. But the identity which is spiritual, which is Christ's identity in us, enjoys intimacy with God. We want to be with God. We want to walk with God. We want to have fellowship with the Father. Because as Christ said, I and my Father are one. There is perfect unity between us and God. And for that reason, we can walk not out. We cannot. We, we, we seek to be intimate with God. But the natural identity, the natural man does not want intimacy with God. And we see this in the mountain. When people say, we, we also want to see God, we want also to hear God. And when God shows up, they say, we don't want to see him. Just go, come and tell us what he has said. Be an intermediary. You see, the natural man will always look for an intermediary between him or between them and God. The natural man cannot survive 
without intermediary. I'm repeating that and I'm posting there because this is important. The natural man, because they don't have intimacy with God, and they don't seek intimacy with God, the natural man will only survive when there is an intermediary between them and God. If that, if that intermediary is not there, there is no relationship. And I want to, to just be reminded tonight that we have been called by God and every one of us has equal access. And that you do not need an intermediary. Why? Because Christ has already reconciled you with God. And God is your father just as he is that other person's father. And therefore, we don't respond or we don't deal with God through intermediaries. We deal with God directly. Why? Because we are children of God. Our identity allows us to go to God and deal with him direct. Not through an intermediary. And if your faith cannot survive without an intermediary, there is a problem. You have not put off the old man because the old man will say like the children of Israel. Go and talk to him. Come and tell us what he has said. Be our intermediary. Be the one who stands us between us and God. But the new covenant under Christ is one where every one of us is a priest. For the Bible says, but you are a chosen generation. A royal priesthood. Every one of us is a priest. And because every one of us is a priest, we have access with God. Romans chapter 5, verse number 1 and verse number 2. The Bible says that through whom we have access to God, we have every one of us equal access. No one of us has special access to God. See, sometimes, and, and I know it's us preachers who create that 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 um, that impression that there is a special access for some people, and 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 there is not so special access for some others, and, and therefore we want those who have special access to go and listen to God and hear God, and then come and tell those of us who have no special access. Let me tell you, you have equal access if you are. If you have the identity of Christ, if you have taken on the new nature, if you have put off the old nature and put on the new nature, you have equal identity. I mean, equal access. You can access God just the way anyone else will access God. And therefore, we do not hide from God. We do not seek separation. We seek intimacy because that is our identity. And why was Adam hiding? It's because he was thinking about his sin. He, he was thinking about his weaknesses. But when we are under Adam, we are blessed. I mean, under Christ, we want intimacy with God. We embrace God because God has clothed us. The Bible says 
in the book of Hebrews, I mean, I mean in the book of Romans chapter 5, that Adam, and I believe we may want to read that, Romans 5, verse 21. Romans chapter 5, from verse 21. Maybe I read from verse 18. No, verse 17 is what, what I want to read. For if by one man offense if, if by one, one man's offense, death reigned through the one, how much more for those who receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness will reign in life through the one Jesus Christ? For if by one man's offense, death reigned through the one, much more those who receive abundance of grace of the gift of righteousness will reign through will reign in life through the one Jesus Christ. Therefore, as through one man's offense, judgment came to all men, resulting in condemnation, even so one man's righteousness, once through one's one man's righteous act, the free gift to all men resulting in justification of life. For as by one man's obedience many were made sinners. So also by one man's obedience, many will be made righteous. Moreover, the law entered that the offense may be about, might abound, but where sin abound, abounded, grace abounded much more. So that as sin reigned in death, even so grace might reign through righteousness to eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. The point here being that other this natural identity which is adam's identity sin reigns sin rules and not just sin death also rules verse number 17 and verse 21 we are ruled by sin and death under the natural identity other under the adamic identity or the adamic nature Sin rules us. We, we, we have very little control over sin. But when we are clothed with the righteousness of God in Christ, sin has no more control of our lives. Righteousness rules our lives. We are ruled not by sin, but by righteousness. We are controlled not by sin, but by righteousness. So that when I have put on Christ, I don't struggle with sin. I don't struggle to keep myself away from bad things. Why? Because righteousness rules me. Under the other identity, sin is the ruler. And there is nothing those who are ruled by this identity can do they have to sin. I mean, they don't struggle to sin. <laughs> they, they, they don't, I mean, they, they don't have to pray and fast so that they can sin. Sin is ruling them. They don't have to give a seed 
so that they can rule. I mean, they can sin. Sin is automatic. How is it that when we put on Christ, where righteousness is supposed to rule us, we still have to struggle? Why? It's because we have not put off the old man and his acts. We are still being ruled by that. That is our consciousness. Our identity is that of Adam. Adam. And for that reason, we struggle with sin. But if we put on the righteousness, the new man, righteousness begins to rule our lives. Now, righteousness does not just rule our lives. We also become rulers. The Bible says that we shall rule in life, we shall reign in life. So under Adam, we are ruled, we are slaves, we are subjects. Under Christ, we are the rulers. Under Christ, we are winners. Under Christ, we are victors. Under Christ, we are kings. We reign in life. We rule in life. So that when we become born again, we are not moved from bondage to freedom. Hear me. When we put on the new man, when we become believers in Christ, we are not just moved from bondage to freedom. And freedom is good. We are moved from bondage to dominion. That's, that's something for us to remember and to be inspired by. That the born again experience, the new birth experience, does not move us from bondage to freedom. And the problem has been that many of us have just been seeking that freedom because we thought that the business of Christ is to move us from bondage to freedom. But Christ wants to move us even beyond freedom and give us dominion. And there's the difference. You can be free but not have dominion. You can be free but not have, not have power. You can be free but not rule, which is basically no freedom at all. But Christ is talking about reigning in life, having dominion. Brothers and sisters, our new birth experience does not give us just freedom. We must move beyond that and believe that God is not just calling us to be free. God is not just setting us free. God is setting us on high. God is setting us in a place of dominion, in a place of rulership. The spiritual identity allows us to have that rulership, to have that dominion. So under Adam, sin and death rules. Under Christ, righteousness rules. And we also have dominion. We reign in life. We have power. We are not powerless. We are not just free people. But we are rulers. In Christ, we do not just receive freedom. 
will receive dominion. Under Adam, sin has power. But in Christ, grace takes preeminence. The grace of God takes preeminence. And then the Bible says something that we read in verse 45, which I want to spend just a little bit of time speaking to. It says that Adam became a living soul, but Christ became a life-giving spirit. And, and there is much we can say about this. But for the Bible to say that Adam became a living soul, but we, in Christ, became a life-giving spirit. This is what that means. As a living soul, this is what is happening to Adam. Is life happening to Adam? He is a consumer. Because every living thing consumes. I mean, if you are going to give birth to a child, you're going to think about how will this child what, what will this child eat? And how will this child be taken care of? Because every living thing is a consumer or consumes something. So he says that Adam became a living soul. But Christ became a life-giving soul. And this is, what, this is where the difference is. Adamic identity. Is about what happens to us. Christ's identity is about what happens through us. Let me repeat. Adamic or natural identity is concerned with what is happening to us. The spiritual identity is about what is happening through us. On one part, Adam became a living soul. But Christ became a life-giving soul. It is not what is happening to him. It is more about what is happening through him. And that mentality, that identity, must be the one that we have as believers. That we are not just thinking and concerned about the things that are happening to us, but about what is happening through us. The former identity, which is the natural identity, is about what comes to me. The latter, or the natural, the spiritual identity, is about what comes through me. It is not what God will do in me. It is what God can do through me. See, the Adamic identity looks inside. But Christ's identity is reaching outside. It's not about what is happening in me. It is not what about what is coming to me. It is not what God will do in me. It is about what God can do through me. It becomes easy to serve God when we are dominated or we have put on the new identity. Why? Because we want the natural identity. We, we just want what is happening to me. What God can do for me. 
And even the prayers we pray is God give me. But Christ, under Christ, it is not just what God can do in me, but what God can do through me. We don't just pray God, you, God give me. We pray God use me. Christ, the, the spiritual identity, longs to be used by God. What God can do through me. What God can use me to do. Not what God can do in me and for me. The gospel that we have preached for the longest period now has been one where we have been telling people what God can do in them. And people get excited when you tell them what God can do in them and God can do to them and God can do for them. Everyone gets excited. But we must move at a level higher and begin to think about what God can do through us. Because in Christ, we become life-giving spirits. We don't just become living souls. We become life-giving spirits. The Bible says in John 7 verse 37, that he that believes in me out of his bellies shall flow rivers of life-giving water or rivers of living waters. When you have Christ, when you believe in Christ, you become a life-giving spirit. You become, the, the, you, you become a channel through which God can flow things into the world. You become a life-giving spirit. Under Adam, you are a living soul. And they talk about two seas, two lakes in Israel. And when I go there, I'll confirm that narrative. There is one which is called the Dead Sea. And the Dead Sea is a saline lake where water solidifies into salt, into masses of salt. It only has inlets, but has no outlet. But there's another sea, which is different, which doesn't just have inlets. It also has outlets. And because it has outlets, it has life in it. There is economic activity around it. There are people who have built their lives around that lake. Why? Because it is life-giving. It is not just receiving. It is also giving. The Adamic identity is about receiving. It's about what comes to me. It's about what I want. And when I have what I want, I settle down. I, I become comfortable because I have received what I want. But the Christian identity the spiritual identity allows us to think beyond ourselves because we are life-giving spirits. It is not about me. When you have the, Christ, the, the identity of Christ, the spiritual identity, you cannot just sit down. You will seek to give life. 
When you have life, you will give it. But under Adam, because you have, don't have that life, under Adam, the Bible says, death rules. You are always seeking for life. You are always seeking for help. You are always seeking for assistance. You are always seeking, pray for me this, pray for me that, pray for me that. Help me here, help me that. But you never, under Adam, be able to say, I want to help here. And I, how can I pray for you? And how can I assist in this area? Why? Because you don't have life-giving spirit. Under Christ, the spiritual identity, you have life-giving spirit. And you are always seeking, how can I help? How can I pray for you? How can I assist? How can I be involved? There is something in me which is seeking to help. There is something in me which is seeking to give. There is something in me which is seeking to assist. If you talk to a sad person who is dominated by the natural identity, the natural man, if you ask them why they have been offended, for example, in a Christian community, it is about what was done to them. Oh, they did this to me. They said this about me. They planned this against me. They did not do this to me. They did not. They did not. It is about me. But someone who has a spiritual identity is so busy about what can be done through them that they rarely give time and consideration to what happens or does not happen to them. Let me repeat. If you have the new man, the Christ identity, you have put on Christ in your life, you rarely give consideration to what did not happen to you or what happened to you. Why? Because you are busy helping others. You are busy doing it for others. You are busy giving to others. You are busy assisting other people. You are a life giver. And tonight, I want to let you know that you are a life giver. You are a ruler in life. You, are, you have dominion. Because we have said that in Christ, we, not just, we don't have just freedom. We do not just receive freedom. We have received dominion. You can control what happens to you. You can control your circumstances. You can control your situation. You can control your mind. You can control your emotions. Why? Because you don't just get freedom. It's not just seeking freedom. We, we, we seek dominion. We seek to rule. Because in Christ, the Bible says, we reign in life. Under Adam, death rules. Under Christ, we reign and we rule in life. Adam's identity makes us aware of our scarcity, what we do not have. On the other hand, the identity which comes from Christ makes us aware of his abundance, his grace. We celebrate. We do not mourn. We do not complain. Why? It's not, our mind is not focused on what we do not have. 
our mind is focused on what God has already done for us, what he has achieved, the grace of God. And I believe that with this introduction tonight, we can now begin to build our foundations and, and, and take these discussions further. But I wanted to give us this overview of how having this identity, having this mentality, having this, this, the, 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 this nature in us, the nature of Christ versus the nature of Adam makes a difference in our lives. And then from there, we, we can dig deeper. We can do studies of Adam. We can do studies of Christ. And we will be able to help ourselves and help other people. And I trust that you will be blessed as you move not just into freedom, but you move in dominion. You operate under dominion. That you are not just a living soul. You are a life-giving spirit. When you walk into that business tomorrow, you're taking life to that business. You're not just going to consume from it. When you walk to that office tomorrow, you're not just seeking to consume from it. It is not what it can give you. You are a life-giving spirit. You're giving spirit, life to that business. You're giving life to that workplace. You are giving life to that marketplace. You are transforming that neighborhood. It is not just about what you get from it. It's about what you are going to give because you are a life-giving spirit. And with that, I want us to pray. And conclude our time together and uh, look forward to doing now more systematic, deeper studies on this area. And the Lord will help us and will do good in our lives. Shall we pray? Our Father, in Jesus' name, we give thanks to you. We adore you, Lord, tonight. We pray, dear Lord, that you would help us to put off the old man the old nature and its works that lord we shall be clothed with the new nature we shall put on the new man we shall put on christ and that every benefit that comes from putting on christ life abundance freedom dominion service lord we pray that it shall be our portion in the name of jesus we thank you lord and we give you praise for we pray this in jesus mighty name Amen. Amen. The Lord bless you so much.